Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Evans. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roost Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Uh, I will be uh, in Florida for Valentine's Day and to show you what kind of wonderful human being I am uh, I already picked up flowers for my wife wow. this morning at Safeway at like 8.15 That's because you're too cheap to order them on the phone because no, they rip you off so bad when you No Mark, it's because I got my <laughs> wife's birth date wrong in the fall oh! when I did order them on the road and was in Chateau Bow Wow for about uh, two weeks there. But anyways, Roos Chris, speaking of Valentine's Day, no better place to take your date, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Mark Spector is here. Sportsnet's back for the horses and horse racing Alberta. 7,000 men and women employed in Alberta's horse racing and breeding industries. So, Mark, uh, what do you want to talk about? Well, full disclosure here, bud. Yep. Uh, you know how we have this new system that they communicate with us this year? This new thing, what's it called? WhatsApp app? A WhatsApp? Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, this yeah. What, WhatsApp. What, the, the WhatsApp thing? When you say they, you're talking about the Oilers the, uh, media the, relations yes. staff sends out a little WhatsApp to say there's a press conference now, there's something so we used up. So we used to get an yep. old, in the old system, we were all on a group text. Right. And now they got this WhatsApp thing. Right. Guess who didn't check the WhatsApp at 9 o'clock this morning when it came in? Oh, Bobby. But I was here for a meeting at 9.45, so I was already basically in the building and everything, and so I went meandering down at 10.10. I'm like, where the hell is everybody, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you went in the stands, and all the reporters were at the 10.15. And I'm like, geez, so I wandered in there. Uh, Boom. (laughs) And uh, the news is the news. Shows you how smart I am. And uh, away we go. So... Give me your take. Uh, Connor McDavid out of lineup two to three weeks with a quad injury. I think it's, first of all, it's a totally good news story because the to, for me the key here is it has absolutely nothing to do with the left knee. It is a left quad. Right. But Ken Holland said, in fact, when they MRI'd the quad, they also MRI'd the knee and looked at it, and they said it was in great shape. So, uh, you know what, three weeks, big deal. Like, sure, it's short term, it's not a, it is a big deal. But in the scope of injuries to Connor McDavid, you know, when he went down on that thing and was in that corner and was limping on his left leg, I'm thinking, oh, man, if he tore that PCL up again, that's worst-case scenario, Bob. This is nothing in comparison. Well, and, it, you know, he said two to three weeks. Who knows? Maybe it's a bite. Hopefully, it might even be under-promising, and then the, the player ends up over-delivering because sometimes this, I had, uh, you know, Al May. He reached sure. out yesterday after he did the phone hit on the show yesterday and said, you guys need to be careful because where he went down – that's the type of injury. If you try to play right away with it, you know, he goes, it can end up to other complicating issues around the knee as a result because you right. overcompensate. So, interesting. Uh, Listen, Darcy Kemper hasn't played since December, and Arizona's hanging around this thing. He's by far their best goaltender. Right. Mark Giordano's a captain in Calgary. He's done for a little while here. Travis Hamannick's not playing. They just won 6-2 last night in uh, San Jose. Yeah. 
Brock Besser's out. Uh, the kid Pedersen's been dinged up. Seth Jones just went down with ankle eight, surgery for eight to ten and weeks. And we'll see how. We'll see if that's the final. Blow. Might be worse. Crosby misses all the time, and the Penguins make the playoffs. Like I think it's time okay. to look at this team and say, okay, you lost a re- your best player. Soldier on. Okay, Mark. All that's well and good, and that is a perspective to have. But it's not exactly like next man up when we're talking with David because he is of course. the only like the you know the only thing comparable to the list would be when Boston would lose Bobby Orr to injury because he's that dynamic of a player. I, I guess you mentioned yeah. Crosby. Yeah, that's, come on, that's Crosby. That's fair. Up. That's fair because you know Pittsburgh never won a cup when Crosby had to miss significant regular season time, but they did make the playoffs. Yes, and were a force. To be reckoned with. They also had a much deeper team than the Oilers. Sure. And that's going to be, therein lies <laughs> the rub. So I asked Dave Tippett today, do they have to play differently? Because to me, they now have to play a little. And the, and the other thing that's going to, I mean, they've had so much success with the dry settle, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto line. But those guys are playing against everybody else's second pairings. Because yep. everybody's still playing their top pairing against McDavid. Right. Right? So now, suddenly, they're going to get everybody's top pairing defense. This is going to be really interesting to see how Edmonton performs, isn't it? Yeah, it is. To me, here's a a prediction that I will make. I think that in two weeks' time, we're going to look back on this thing, and we're going to watch the Oilers having pushed a bunch of games into overtime at 2-2, win a couple of games, 2-1, right? Their goals at four are going down, but I think they'll bring their goals against down. And I think we're going to look back, and this is a positive take from Mark Spector, so write it down because there usually aren't that many of those. Oh, you suck, Spector. <laughs> My positive take is two, three weeks from now, we're going to look back and go, you know what? This team really figured out how to play good defensive hockey. So you believe that David. you believe they're going to be able to ride right through this? I think they'll ride it out. They're going to lose some games, but guess what? It doesn't, you know, play 550 hockey, and you'll be just fine when you come out of this thing just fine. Does Dave Tippett's track record give you more confidence because of what he got out specifically of Arizona. Yeah. Well, I want to say this. The game they played against Nashville, you know, they got down 2 nothing, but they played a, I thought, a very strict and tight defensive game and, and didn't give up a lot, certainly the last two periods. He wants them to play that game. Uh, you know, what this team needs, we know they can play 5-4 hockey. We're sure of that. They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs. They can play that game all day. But what we don't know is can you win 2-1 hockey when you have to. And I think this is, a, frankly, an advantage for Tippett in terms of teaching his team, okay, boys, we got to buckle down and win some 2-1 hockey games over the next three weeks. And then we'll get McDavid back and we'll score some more. But I think this is a – he's got a very attentive roster, Bob, when yeah. it comes to saying don't give up chances, keep the goals against down, let's win some tough playoff hockey right now in February. And, that's what they got to do to survive. You know, it's funny. Leon Dreisaitl leads the NHL in scoring. Yeah, how many teams have one of those guys on their roster? Only one. Only one. Okay. I still sense there's some people out there, yeah, you know, rides in the coattails of McDavid. He's got 24 points in the last 14 games for Edmonton, does Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, McDavid, by the way, during that stretch, eight goals and 18 points last 14 right. Drysaddle, and, and Yamamoto's been a big difference uh, to help out. I mean, it's the Oilers have gone 9-3-2 in the last 14 games. It's pretty Mar- good. Mark, if Edmonton does have success while McDavid's out here, let's say it's six games. Let's say it's he misses two weeks. Well, or a week two and a- weeks is seven, three weeks is 11. All right, right? let's say it's, se- it's seven just let's, for fun. Let's, let's say weeks. he misses seven games. Okay. 
and go four and three. And so and the orders go four and three. Perfect. Okay. And Drysaddle picks up ten points in those seven games. Does he suddenly merit consideration for the heart, or was he already meriting consideration for the heart because he's leading the league in scoring? Well, when you lead the league in scoring, you immediately you merit, Bob. Of course, I mean you merit consideration. You vo- for the you heart. vote on this thing. I vote on this thing, but I will say that one of the issues is if those guys finish right at the top. Uh, they'll split the vote a little bit. There's just no doubt about it. Some guys will vote McDavid. Some guys will vote Drysaddle. I want to say this, and it's it's inescapable for Leon Drysaddle. As long as Connor McDavid is on this team, he will be viewed to a certain extent to be a beneficiary of that. Either he's playing with McDavid and getting a whole bunch of points because of that, or he's on another line and seeing lesser competition because right. of that. That is inescapable. It's never going away. It's an advantage for the Oilers. Everyone loves it if you're an Oilers fan. But when it comes time for things like awards voting, people will say, well, geez, Dressler got a lot of points, but he didn't see many first pairings all year long. And that's just how it is. Once he got moved off that line. And who cares about awards, Bob? There's only one trophy that should matter here. You're right, but realistically, that's a hard trophy for one team to win. Uh, and I'm not sure that well, the Edmonton Oilers are... It's about time they started taking a run at that big I, spittoon, I, Bobby. I, I, I got to tell you, Mark, <laughs> I, I'm sensing that you're kind of excited about the potential of the situation here. Well, I like a challenge. Like, this is my challenge. I like to watch a team that is challenged. I like to see a team that says, okay, we got a big challenge here. And I'm now let's watch. I'm going to sit back, sit back and watch this team and see how they handle it. We're joined by Mark Spector, Bob Stoffer with you. It's 1244 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Final day for you to have an opportunity to go to the terrific city of Chicago. We got a couple spots. Uh, we can get a couple spots for you. Let's put it that way. This uh, trip is basically sold out. The Oilers take on the Blackhawks in March. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests, plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field for the Oilers now. Chicago road trip. Call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. 1247 in Edmonton. Do you know Bruce McCurdy is with the call to hockey? You yeah. know who he is, right? Sure. So we were talking about this day in Oilers history. About a, uh, when was it, uh, Brendan? A couple weeks ago, about a week ago, that ten, uh, the the ten three or ten four game against the Calgary Flames. Maybe it was ten five final score. Do you recall? Uh, uh, middle of last week, sometime. Yeah. All right, and Pat Hughes scored five goals in that game. The Flames were undefeated. The the Flames were undefeated in nine games going into that game. Guess who Edmonton had out of the lineup? Wayne Gretzky. And Mark Messier. Oh, and, really? Yes. Okay. I was in I went to that game with my father. And Bob. and Yari Curry. Get out. <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. They didn't remember. have Gretzky, Messier, Curry. Wow. And they were up eight nothing early second. I just remember those were the days when they announced the scratches before the game and I could absolutely picture like it was yesterday. Sitting in the stands in the corner, lower bowl. Uh those were the Reds, right? Red seats in the old Northmont yep. Coliseum. Were you and crying? Sitting there, ready to watch the Battle of Alberta. Oh, you would have been 18 and or 19, Mark right? Lewis came on. Yeah. It was Mark Lewis. It was Mark Lewis. And told you that Gretzky wasn't playing. And looking at my dad, my dad looking at me like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and then some guy, number 16, as I recall. My scores, wife's favorite player. Scores five goals and the Oilers crush him. It's like, wow, that was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, crazier. Yeah, it's thing. a different time. Uh, and you know what? We've really seen, like, I thought the Na- the game Nashville threw at Edmonton, they were way looser last night against Vancouver. Oh, man. Not to take it away from the Canucks, but the you know, Canucks played pretty well. Pecorini was terrible. And Rick Pecorini wasn't very good. But I thought that the game, Nashville's been in here for a couple of 3-2 games this year, correct, Bob? The last time they came in here, wasn't it 3-2? Yeah, Winners won both against yeah. Nashville this year. And that's a game, that Nashville game, man, is something that's, Flummoxed the orders for years. They can't. They couldn't play that tight, well, checking, hard forechecking. You know, never make a mistake game or it's in your net. They could never play. They're going to have to play about seven of those here now over the next they couple play weeks. About seven of them. But I think they just showed us that maybe they're getting better at it. Maybe they can. Play Dave Tippett helped that out. I mean, go oh, back to 2011-2012. Arizona goes three rounds. Phoenix at that time goes yep. three rounds in the playoffs. The Kings beat him in five. Game-winning goal. Game five. Your favorite guy. Favorite former Edmonton Oiler. Outscored Ryan Smith. Don't remember. F- yeah, Dustin Penner. Oh, Stuart. Dustin Penner. Yeah. I yeah. like Dustin Penner. Yeah. Yeah. He scored the game winner for the Kings yeah. in game five. Uh, that Probably was... gave you a funny quote afterwards, too. Uh, oh, yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, listen, yeah. No, my, sure, my Dave point, a good defensive coach. My point is Tippett has gotten, has been able, to, I mean, the 21-point improvement in Dallas, the 28-point improvement in Arizona. This is going to be a test for him. He can I, squeeze every drop out of the lemon, man. Right. Right? Yeah, he can. And they've got personnel. Like, I think uh, whenever we talk like this about Dave Tippett's going to come in here and fix this and fix that, Todd McClellan was a, is a pretty good coach, too. Yes. He didn't have the personnel. I think that, I think that um, Holland has afforded Tippett with a little better personnel. He's got better goaltending, right? He's got two goalies, so if one goes bad, you got the other. He's got a deeper set of defensemen. He's got a better bottom six. And Dreisaitl is a far more mature player today than he was a couple of years ago. And I think even Nugent Hopkins is a better player. So, sure, Tippett's the man for this job. I'm not saying he's not. This is where he's, this is his bailiwick, man, taking a team that's a little short-staffed and getting them to shut her down. But he's not the first guy to try that in Edmonton. He's just the first guy that probably, hopefully, has the horses to pull it off. Yeah, we're joined by Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. I was going to hope that that, uh, horn went off there. All right, Spec, who needs to uh, step up? Is it too simple to say everybody? Well, because Dreisaitl's kind of... Stepped up all season. He is leading the lead in scoring. At, no, the, I'll say this. The challenge will get tougher for Drysdale because now he does see yeah. the top pair every single night for the next seven games. That's all there is to it. So, so his challenge is tougher. So I guess if he's going to maintain, yeah, he's got to step up. That's The other one would be, do you think, Bob, if you're coaching this team, do you take Nugent Hopkins off of uh, Drysdale's left wing and center the, a different line with him? Not for tonight. Yeah, not for tonight. I want to see who they bring up, and we need to s- set the record straight. They recalled Colby Cave. Marcus Granlin is dealing with an injury. So the mo- most obvious guy to call call up is the guy that they just Tyler said. Tyler Benson. Is Tyler Benson. Okay, so you go into Tampa, uh, whatever happens tonight. Maybe you take Tyler Benson, you put him on left wing with Dreisaitl, and you take um, Nugent, play him you in take the Nugent Hopkins and put him in the middle. Between Chason and, and, and Donnie. And you know what? I might take Benson and put him with Nugent Hopkins. Give Nugent something to work with offensively. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, they, listen, they're thin. That first line without McDavid, when you're going Gagne and Chase on and McDavid, you can call it a first line because 97's on it. You yeah. take 97 off that line, it's a, for, it's a fourth line, my friend. Uh, yeah, when it was a, a fourth, fourth line. line. And it was a, when, you know, it was so a fourth, fourth line. line wingers. When they beat Calgary 8-3, it was a fourth line. Yeah. That's, that scored two goals in that <laughs> game. All right, Spec. Uh, here we go. Ken Holland saying, what did he say when he was asked uh, about – does this expedite the process for the trade deadline? How did he Good respond? question, he said. Good question. <laughs> was that you that asked that question? Uh, I did not ask it. Someone well, else asked uh, it. That, that's when we know it's probably... Yeah, when they say you, good question, it's usually someone else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Self-deprecation gets everywhere, bud. Uh, but you know, I don't think this trade changes his... his Unless the only way it changes it for me, Bob, is if they lose two in a row and he says, Oh my God, I got to find somebody. I got to get a left winger for Nugent Hopkins on that top line. I got to do it right now because I've got to save our season, right? I could see that changing his outlook. He's not trading the first round pick, he's not trading Evan Bouchard. That's not happening, okay? There is no scenario, Bob, under the sun that tells that, that he trades a first round pick. Tatar, even if he gets Tatar, I don't think he wants to make that trade. Um, I think he rides it out, and as long as they stick close in the standings, they stay near the top of the Pacific where they are, they're in the mix, I think he lets this thing ride out, and I think he treats the deadline the same way he was going to treat it, which is I might trade a second, but I'm not trading a top prospect, and I'm not trading a first-round pick, and I would trade Jesse Pugliarvi yesterday. yesterday. Speaking of Jesse Pugliarvi, when when Dylan Strome, was with Arizona and struggling offensively before he put up 81 points in 102 games in Chicago. Okay. Would you have traded Yessa Pogliarvi, who had double-digit goals his the second his second pro season in North America? Would you have traded Pogliarvi for Dylan Strome? Not back then. I would have. Not back then. You would have? Yes. Yeah, I think I was one of those guys if they've, that thought, if, if any way, shape, or form, Chicago has soured on Strom. Well, it's a healthy scratch tonight, Bob. Is that and not... It is, it is performance-based, I'm told. Is that not a little odd? Well, performance-based, I'm told. Now, why don't you text that guy back, say hello to a guy that occasionally wore number 36, and say, uh, would you trade Paul Yarby straight up for him? See what kind of response you get. Right. Uh, and I'm going to say... <laughs> I want to know this. I wish I, I wish th- this is a question we won't find an answer to. Of all the trades that get made, how many get made on game day between the two teams playing that night? Like a percentage of them, right? We've all covered trades where the two teams are in the same town, the two GMs are well, there. We flew to, I know one year we flew to Nashville, and the Oilers traded Grabishkov to Nashville on the Sunday that we flew to Nashville. Right. And then turn around, and I think they got a second-round draft choice in that deal uh, that would have been applied to the 2010 draft. Remember they had the three second-rounders? Yes. So they ended up getting uh, Hamilton. Most famous game day trade in Oilers history, Paul. Uh, Doug Waite, S. Uh, Tickenden? Tickenden, at MSG. Tell a story. I was there that day. Tell a story. you uh, got a minute. Doug Waite uh, took the skate for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, for the New York Rangers, excuse me. S. Tickenden took the skate for the Edmonton Oilers, yeah. and they traded them in the afternoon. So Doug Waite walked down the hallway for the game, sat down, got dressed, went out. He was on a line with Stephen Rice and Sean Podine, who spells his name S-H-J-O-N. Right. Podine. And uh, they're starting the game, and they're sitting on the bench, and Dougie Waite looks over at Stephen Rice and goes, hey, this Podine guy, does he speak English? (laughs) Rice says, hey, he's from Minnesota. (laughs) He's an American. And you know what? That was a good trade. 
Tick was a good player, but he was a veteran nearing the end. And what were they calling Doug Wade at that time in New York with the Rangers? Greatest nickname of all time. Was it Dead Weight? Dead Weight. Dead He was a draft pick that they didn't turn out for them. Right. And oh my God, I, when we talk about non-dynasty Oilers who should have a number in the rafters Doug here, Waite. it goes Ryan Smith. Then it goes Doug Wade, in my eyes. And only because the amount of time that Ryan spent here. Because when the two of them were here together at the same time, Doug Wade was the far more dynamic player. Oh, he's such a good player. That was a really good deal the Oilers made, and it was a game-day deal at MSG that day. Wasn't it Warenka traded? Uh, uh, Or was that the one where they, ah, he's going to have a long career if the Oilers... Yeah, Glenn Sather told me as we sat in the dressing room in Quebec... um, I said, are you going to trade Brad Rowenka? Because the deadline was coming. And yeah. he said to me, I remember it like yesterday, he said, no, no. He says, Brad Rowenka's got a long future in this town. So we got in the plane the next day. I flew back with the orders back then. Flew to Edmonton, got to the airport. Glenn Sather traded Brad Rowenka to Quebec City, <laughs> where he said the day before he would have a long future. <laughs> he wasn't lying. He, he was a long no, fu- He I, said a long future here. I took my hat off to slots that day and said, you sucker. You got me <laughs> That's there. That's not what you said. <laughs> you used another word. Yeah, yeah, all right. We don't know what it rhymes with. All right. Spec for the horses in horse racing Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh you can. Do you want to hang out for ten minutes, or what do you want to do? I got ten minutes. Okay, because we got a guest coming by. Oh, who's that? Kevin Lowe's going to come by. The, oh, good. The, the toast of the town. It's basically a. It's the roast of the town is what it really becomes. Right. At one oh five, and then maybe we can jump. I'll see if I can get three headsets up and run it up here. We can have some fun with that. Sure. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.